Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Ecclesiology. Can we do it over, please? No, we're keeping that. All right, you forgot what our show's called. What have you? But that's Everyday Ecclesiology. Did you listen to What Have You today? Yeah. I figured as much. I saw the new one. Uh, What's new with you? I just checked to see if this TV was in stock. I don't want to do the intro anymore. That's okay. I'll do the intro. Okay. I almost bought a TV today. Yeah, one that we don't really need. But it would have helped with the podcast, because when we podcast, we look at our notes on one side of the TV and the waveform on the other. Waveform is the right word. Uh, our fact checker didn't tell us, but I know it is. Waveform is the right word. But if we had a bigger TV, because we only have a little bitty 32-inch TV, which somebody listening to this is going to be like, only 32 inches. When I was a kid, we had like six inches, and we loved it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if we had a bigger TV, then we could read all of the text, and it's 4K, too, so the text would be clear. But I no, we didn't think the text looks pretty clear and I can see it all now anyway. You sound like your dad. Yep. Okay. Um, but what's actually new? Um, we may or may not have decorated for Christmas because who says you can't celebrate Thanksgiving with a Christmas tree? Yeah. I mean, you can't tell me that it's too early to celebrate for Christmas because I want to know how you know that it's actually too early. Like, is that an objective standard for when is too early to decorate for Christmas? Because if so, I really want to know when is too early to think about celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which you should celebrate all year round. Which is why I listen to Christmas music all year long. Did you get that reference? No. The Christmas cookie song? That's why I make Christmas cookies all year long. Oh, I didn't know that was part of it. Well, not decorating. I modified it to Christmas decorating instead of... Oh christmas cookies do you remember the song christmas cookies mm-hmm. do you remember why he makes christmas cookies all year long yeah okay if For you guys some kissing and a hugging oh i wasn't gonna tell him i was oh. gonna leave a cliffhanger <laughs> tell him to look up a song yeah because while the cookies have time to bake there's time for the husband and wife to do a little kissing and hugging. It's in yep. the song. It's funny. It's a cute little I song. I laughed. I always thought it was awkward until I got married. And then I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that sounds nice. Except Just hang out in, yeah. Yeah. Hang out in the kitchen with my wife while she's baking. The Sneaky fire cookies. alarms are going off because it's smoky. And, <laughs> yeah, it's real fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we decorated for Christmas. It was fun. Um, we have some Christmas lights all around. The living room, which sounds like a lot of lights until you remember we're in an apartment. It's not very many lights. It's one strand, which is actually a little bit too long. That sounds really sad when I put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't remember how many feet is the strand like. This strand, I'm pretty sure was 60 because we only needed 40. 49 or something like that. Something like that. So the strand wraps all the way around and it looks really nice. It's just enough light that we can watch a movie with just those on and then it's not too much because i like lights off when we watch a movie and i like lights on i get motion sick if it's all dark Mm -hmm. so this is a nice a nice workaround that we're not getting like reflections off the tv because of the lights because they're not that bright but it's still enough to see and we can see the food that we're probably eating while we're watching a movie usually popcorn yeah yep (laughs) (laughs) but we have that up but the problem now what else is new is that we don't like, I know how to unplug and plug in lights. It's not that I don't know how to turn lights on and off. That's not the problem, even though that's what I put down. Um, the problem is I don't want to have to crawl behind the tree to plug in the lights. So I'm thinking about getting some... Because the tree is pokey. Yeah, the tree's pokey, and it's got ornaments that I always seem to knock off, which if I knock off an ornament, then Sophia's going to try to suck on the ornament, and she's going to get the thing, and it's going to get stuck in her throat like a fish hook, and we're going to have to take her to the <laughs> hospital. So that's why I need to buy smart switches, so that I can just be like, 
Okay, Google, turn on the lights for the Christmas tree. I'm sorry if any of you that just triggered your phone, but also I really hope that triggered somebody's phone. I think most of our listeners use Apple anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm thinking about going to some smart switches and a Google Home Mini or something so that we can switch them on without having to crawl behind the tree. When you're first waking up in the morning or when you're cleaning up before you go into bed and you're having to like crawl under the tree and you're tired and it's pokey. <laughs> yeah. We should probably get to our topic. Yeah, we should. Well, no, we're not that in, far in. Yeah, we're already in like four minutes. Yeah, that's not that bad. Yeah, but if we're trying to do a half hour podcast. Okay. All right. We'll get moving. We'll get down to some business. Books are later. Yes. Um, I thought of a really good pun for that, by the way. I'll tell you later. Okay. So today, we're talking more about baptism. We're back on topic. I did notes. It was earlier this afternoon, but I did notes. And I have a few notes down, and we have a guest. You didn't know that, did you? No. We have a guest today. Bobby Jameson. Yeah. Is his name. He's the author of the book. So. So, let down. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Got your hopes up really high, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Apologize for that. Um, so, we, I am going to be reading uh, some excerpts uh, if it's going to be helpful for where we're at. I might pull out an excerpt from his book. I have it up. It's a really short booklet. I would recommend picking it up, reading through it. If you want to like follow along while we're going through it, it would give you time to read. It's really, really easy to read. And I'm like, I'm not a person who sits down and reads through a really long book, but I had no problem powering through this in like, I think it was an hour or something like that. And it was really helpful and I understood it and he lays it out. He doesn't go into a ton of depth which is, I think, helpful because he, if he's saying, hey, this passage says this, we're not going to dive into it now. He doesn't even say that we're not going to dive into it now. He just says, this passage says this. If you're concerned, look at this context to see this is what it's saying and just moves on, which I think is really helpful because I tend to get sidetracked with like, hey, I really want to take time to develop every little detail of everything about this passage and why it actually means this so that it's irrefutable. But that's, that's not what this is here for. So I have to just go ahead and move along. And if I'm going to assume something, just assume it. If you have an issue with that point, then you have an issue with that point. Look it up. And maybe we'll disagree about that and it's okay. But um, I'm just going to breeze through some of those things. But I am going to pull up some passages. Where was I going? Bobby Jameson's book. Yeah, that's what you're talking Um, about. I attributed this quote that I'm going to read to... um, I can't quite read his name up there. Oh, it's not up there. Oops. Um, it's not Bobby, Jonathan Lehman. There we go. I attributed this quote, this definition of baptism and Lord's Supper to Jonathan Lehman, but it was actually Jonathan Lehman that was the series editor, and the author is Bobby oh. Jameson. Yeah, so correction on that. I can't go back and edit the other episode. Well, I could. I'm not going to. We could put it in the show notes. Yeah. We? Yeah, I could probably add that somewhere. But... Uh, This definition that we're using for baptism comes from Bobby Jameson, who is the author of the book. The editor for the series is Jonathan Lehman. Okay. So uh, this quote, we're going to go ahead and start with our definition of baptism, and we're going to work through the first two, probably three sections of that definition, which is really the church's side of the definition. Okay. You want to go ahead and read the definition again from Bobby Jameson? Yes. Baptism. A church's act of affirming and portraying a believer's union with Christ by immersing him or her in water, and a believer's act of publicly committing him or herself to Christ and his people, thereby uniting a believer to the church and marking him or her off from the world. Yeah. So the first part of that is a church's act. 
Bobby Jameson is is proposing that baptism is a church's act. Not, not that Bobby Jameson is inventing it, but as part of his definition, he includes that baptism is not only the act of someone. Um, I think the example he uses is like uh, a person deciding to buy a shirt, uh, but it's also it's it's two parties involved. It's a church's act and a person's act. So what we're going to look at first is that it's a church's act. And this is pretty key to his view on what the church is. Um, one of the ways he and a couple other writers would use to describe the church is like uh, an embassy of heaven or like an outpost uh, of heaven. So um, we are citizens of heaven. We even talked about this, I think, on Sunday. Did we? This came up somewhere else. Um, but we're citizens of heaven, but we're still here on earth. So in a, in, in a way, it's like we are uh, uh, an, an embassy. A church especially is an embassy because it's a gathering of citizens of another place, uh, that being heaven, but in another country. Kind of right. like we would have an embassy in China. I remember talking about Thailand. this, but I don't think it was church. I think it was. Reason. It was church? Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Was it in Jason's class, maybe? Mm, yeah. I bet it was in Sunday school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going through a doctrine class, and I think that's what it was. We talked about covenant theology. We are not covenant theologians, but we deepened our understanding of what covenant theology is. Sorry about that spike on the microphone. I tapped the table. So, um, some of his uh, backdrop for this definition is saying that the church has authority from Christ, and the church ought to... Uh, proclaim what is true. Uh, let me try to explain that a little bit better because he does a really good job, but I don't want to just read the chapter because you can just go out and read the chapter. Um, how would I explain this to someone? How would I explain this to you, Desiree? I don't know. Okay, so the church doesn't um, decide whether a person is saved or not. Correct. But the church ought to recognize whether... Christ saved a person or not. Yeah. That's what baptism is. So when a church baptizes someone, okay, they're not actually saying, okay, now this person is saved. We made that decision. It's set in stone now. But when Bobby Jameson says that a church um, affirms and portrays a believer's union with Christ, uh, he's saying that they're not actually unifying that person with Christ, but we're affirming it. Yeah. Before others, and we're portraying it before others. So that decision has already been made in heaven. The church is just making a, a earthly proclamation. Yeah. Uh, so the church has authority. Yes, that's for another time. But in this case, it has a responsibility to proclaim. Portray is what he's going to use. So uh, baptism here is first a church's act. Now, Desiree, do you think that's right? Do you think it's a church's act? This isn't a trick question. Yes. Okay. But it, the church doesn't baptize somebody. The pastor does. Right. So why is that? Because the pastor represents the church. Oh. Kind of. The, yeah. The pa- well, not the, everybody can go up there, especially if you have a really big church. Yeah, okay. I got to dunk you, and now Aunt Jamie's got to dunk you, and now little Sophia's going to come and try to yeah. dunk you. Yeah. Well, Sophia's not a part of the church. Let me be very clear. Sophia is not a member of the church. She's not saved, therefore she's not part of the church. Now, um, when, a, when a church baptizes someone, well, couldn't anybody in the church do that? 
They could. They could. But a pastor is a better representation of the whole church because he's the shepherd of the church Mm -hmm. rather than just one individual person. Plus, if they're your pastor already, then that means the church has already all agreed together that the pastor qualifies as a pastor. The church is unified around him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas just a random member may not have met all those qualifications to be... They might not yeah. be the best representative. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For, for a variety of reasons. So could it be someone else within the church? I think so. I don't think that's anti-scriptural, but I don't think it would be the best. Right. This is where we have a little bit of gray area. Because people are baptized in churches that don't have a pastor currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not wrong. Well, and think about um, someone on the mission field. Yeah. They might be going to plant a church. And yes, that person might eventually... Uh, the, the husband of the family might eventually go and um, be the pastor of the church for a little while until they can get a, a local, there's a better word for that, a national, Yeah. Uh, to be the pastor. But at that point, he's he is the one on that mission field. He and the other convert, maybe his, his wife and family. Um, but then let's say it's just a single guy going out uh, to... I'm trying to pick a country, but the only country name I can think of is China. Nigeria. I don't want to use China. Thank you, Nigeria. I just couldn't think of any other countries. Wow, glad I married you. Thanks. So you can think <laughs> of Nigeria. Many other reasons, but that was also helpful. Um, so let's say a single guy goes as a missionary to Nigeria, and someone comes to Christ. And so the not logical next step, just like was seen in the rest of the book of Acts, so they believe Christ, they were baptized, and the guy's like, all right, I need to be baptized. Well, we don't have a pastor. We don't have a church. We don't have a pastor. Sorry, you can't be baptized. Hmm. Is that what should happen? No. Okay. Can you think of a text that might indicate what could what could be okay in that circumstance? Um, John the Baptist? That's a different baptism. Jesus? I was thinking of Acts 8, around verse 35. Wait, did Jesus ever actually baptize anyone? That's not in the notes. I don't oh. know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I was just thinking. With the Holy Spirit. Okay. He breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That was the disciples. I don't, know. I don't think Jesus baptized anyone. Or at least I don't know any of any texts. Could you actually hear that whisper? I had to look at the waveform that time. I think they could actually hear that. I don't think Jesus baptized anyone. But I'm really going to need to... Let, yeah. No, that's, that's a big enough deal. We're going to go ahead and use the Google. Well, we can just... We can look it up for next time because... Then your Googling is always silent, and I have to sit here and keep talking, so that's not (laughs) so so silent. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so I don't think Jesus baptized anyone, according to the first Catholic website that popped up, so we're going to go with it. Um, But I'll also check that. We'll have to write that down. Yeah. So, how do we get on that? The the Uh, pastor is the representative. Oh, yeah, in Acts 8, there was a... um, The guy running beside the chariot caught him. And was like, hey, can you uh, oh. explain what I'm reading? Wasn't that Peter? Probably Peter. And then the centurion? Yeah. But Peter baptized him. End of story. Yeah. But it was just him and Peter. Right. And maybe the driver of the chariot. I mean, there might have been a couple other people there. We don't know for sure. But, like, there wasn't a whole church there. Right. But it was still, he was the church in that place. He was baptized. He went and he evangelized. Mm-hmm. But he there, he was the church at that in that area, so that usually stands out as like an outlier, 
And people are like, well, see, there's not a rule because this, this stands out. It's, the, it's an exception, but it's really the exception that proves the rule, if that makes any sense. That it's no. an exception means that there is a rule. Oh, I see. It is an exception. People recognize that because as a rule, that doesn't happen. It stands out right. as weird. So you, instead of saying, oh, well, this also happens, so therefore the rule must be defunct, I think it's probably a better approach to say, mm, well, why, did, why does this seem unique? Well, I think it's because he was the church in that place. Okay. That was it. Those two. As soon as he got saved, there, those two people now. And he was from somewhere else. He wasn't going to be a part of any local church that was in the area that could have come or anything. Okay. So the local church that he was starting was himself, the centurion. Was it a centurion or a... I don't... Was it eunuch? a eunuch? Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, but it's... A, it's um, the, as a rule, it's a church's act. Yeah. The church baptizes people, and the person that acts on behalf of the church's authority is typically the pastor. Yep. Good? All right, we're going to move on from there. Um, it's the church's act of affirming and portraying a believer's union with Christ. So we're going to take, take each piece of that, affirming and portraying a believer's union with Christ. As I already mentioned, does it unify a person with Christ? No, because they're already unified with Christ. Hopefully, if they're being baptized. Yes. Well, yes, yeah. they should be. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, it's not actually biblical like baptism. Mm -hmm. Like what we see is immersion described in, described in Scripture. Yeah. Uh, but the church doesn't actually unify them. They're already saved. But what it does is affirm that God called this person to himself. He's This person is already unified with Christ. Okay. Um, if you take a different view on election, I'm sorry, I'm using this one. It's the one I believe uh, because I think it's biblical, not because I just like it. Right. Um, it, the, the church recognizes this person is unified with Christ. They're choosing to be baptized. We're going to go ahead and do this because we affirm that we believe this person is unified with Christ. Mm -hmm. if, if a person comes and says, hey, I want to be baptized, and a, a church might say, well, we don't actually think you're saved. Now, that's a difficult situation. Mm -hmm. Very rarely does that ever happen. Uh, in the early church especially, nobody that wasn't saved wanted to be baptized. Right. It, it made no sense to yeah. identify with believers if you weren't one, unless you yeah. liked being killed. But there are easier ways to do that. So, but, but in today's society, it could happen where some little kid, for example, wants to be baptized because his older brother did. Mm -hmm. So it might be wise for a church to sit down and talk with that kid individually and say, hey, and, and make sure that child is saved before they're baptized. Right. Because baptism follows uh, union with Christ. It follows salvation. That's what we see all throughout Acts. People were saved, and then they were baptized. They were saved, and then they were baptized. That's what happened. This Ethiopian eunuch, when they were in the chariot, he was saved. He's like, all right, I need to be baptized. And Peter's like, all right, yeah, here's some water. Let's go down so I can sprinkle you. No, they went down so we could immerse him. Yes. We're getting there. That's the next point. Um, it affirms, it also portrays. What do I mean by that? That's a question for you, Desiree. I know uh, I'm asking you to get inside my head, but... Portray? Mm-hmm. Well, typically as you dunk, what are you doing? I'm, I'm making a picture. It's a picture. Oh, typically as you immerse the person as they go down and then under the water and then come back up, it's kind of a picture of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Hmm. Okay. But that doesn't work if they're sprinkled. No. Oh. 
Unless they're big drops of water. Like the size of a pool? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so how many times do you dip the baby in the water and back out? Like that funny video where they're... (laughs) That's what I was thinking of. I don't think Jesus died. Actually, I'm 100% sure that Jesus did not die and rise again that many times. Didn't happen. So that leads beautifully into the next point. How does a church affirm and portray a believer's union with Christ? By immersing them? Mm-hmm. By okay. immersing them. Now, I got that one right. I don't want to just say, well, it's a logical argument because I could say, well, immersion, the laying down to dunk under the water and rising them back up above the water per- best portrays um, identification with Christ, so that's why we should immerse. I could use a logical argument like that, but I think strip- Scripture makes a stronger argument. Now, you might ask, well, where does Scripture say they need to be immersed? All we see is they need to be baptized. Uh, that's what baptized means. There you go. <laughs> Look at you knowing your Greek. So, yes, um, probably most of our audience already knows this, but it's part of the definition. We're going to walk through it anyway. I think it's important because there are definitely people that would disagree. Uh, immersing, uh, the, the word for baptism, when the translators came to the word baptizo in the Greek, they were like, well, uh, this means immersion. But that's not what the church does. So let's transliterate it. Let's make a new word. Instead of baptizo, which would translate to immerse, let's make it baptism. So they're like, let's just Englishify this Greek word. Yeah. So that way people are like, oh, yeah, we know what baptism is. It's when they sprinkle. It. That's fine. Or whatever it happened to be. Right. Or when they pour. Pouring is another one, not pour. just sprinkling. They could pour over their head. What about dipping your fingers in the water and, like, putting a cross on their forehead? I don't know I think if I've that's seen a thing. that in a movie before. Okay, it was probably a hallmark <laughs> movie with a gay pastor too. <laughs> Daniel. Um, but the word means to immerse, to dunk. Desiree, you're going to fall back and crack your head and it's going to ruin the podcast. Oh. And, and you. So, yes, uh, baptizo means immersion. And that does uh, picture uh, Christ's death, his resurrection. It's another way that we portray a believer's union with Christ is by immersing the believer in water. I think that's all we're going to get through this week. Yeah. So we got through the church's part. Baptism is a church's act of affirming and portraying a believer's union with Christ by immersing him or her in water. I think we got that far. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, him or her. Men and women can be baptized. Should be baptized after they're saved. Hopefully that was pretty self-evident. Yep. All right. That's all we're going to do. Last up, what are we reading? Um, well, we're Understanding reading baptism. Understanding Baptism, of yep. course. I finally bought it. I have it on e- on Google Play Books, like as a digital book. I wish I had a paper copy instead. Well, you wanted to listen to it while you disc golfed, so... Yeah, I did. And then I listened to it, and it was like the Google lady reading it, and her inflection was terrible. <gasps> yeah, it's bad. There might be an audiobook version of it. If so, I might go ahead and grab that. That way I could listen to it at work. Because I would enjoy it once I get my speaker back. Yep. Your speaker would not make it through. No. Her Bluetooth speaker lasts like 45 minutes on a charge. It's so sad. It is. Because it's a really nice speaker. It is. It sounds really good. And those those 45 minutes are incredible. But um, it's not very long. And that's not even like max volume. That's like half volume. Yeah. I am in the cold, but still knew this thing got like six hours of battery life i think yeah something like that six to eight at Mm -hmm. least 
I mean, it's it's a JBL Flip 4. You can look it up if you want uh, the specs. Some of you guys listening also actually have one. I know that. Um, but it's pretty sad. It needs a new one. But I a new battery. But I have another one. But it's down at the in-laws' house. Yeah. Got to get it back. Then I can listen to it. The I, other book. Yeah. I'm sorry. The other book, one of our readers gave us the next one because we finished Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned that last time. And now they gave us Prince Caspian to read. And we forgot it in the Pewit Church. And we forgot the cute baby clothes yeah. that someone gave us. And I wanted to sort through them. But now I can't. And I hope they're not stolen. By all the kids at school that aren't there at school anymore? Yeah. Oh, they're not there anymore. <gasps> they're still there uh, at Some of the little then. kids are. You could ask... No, because that's a different building. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but they go over there for... Something, I think. Well, it's We can probably. ask. We know one of the teachers. Okay. I less think that a child, or like a tiny little kid, would steal clothes than no, a teen yeah. possibly would. Hopefully Prince Caspian, though, they didn't, like, oh, this is a library book. I'm pretty sure it's with the baby clothes. Because we probably. cleaned everything out of the pew yeah. and put it on the table. But anyway, the... our listeners don't need to listen to yeah, us trying sorry. to remember where we put our book. Oh, dear. Yeah, so we're going to start Prince Caspian, continue on the story. Uh, I really liked it, the first one. Like I said, I really mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun story, and it was clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's to be expected at C.S. Lewis, but it was also thought-provoking. It'll be great once I can we can read them to the kids. Maybe we'll read some of Prince Caspian when we're going home to my parents' house. Oh, good Illinois. idea. That'd be fun. I'll be driving so your voice can get tired reading. Oh, I remember last, last time we went, I read um, Sherlock Holmes. Really? Yeah. We, I had a little, like, the children's book of all the short stories, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. Yep. I have all the Sherlock Holmes on Kindle, by the way. Also, I need to plan snacks. Oh, yeah. we got to have the snacks. I never snacks go on a road trip without snacks because I really do not like road trips. Like, she drives to the store to get food for the week, and she takes snacks. And, no. <laughs> like, we get two hours in, and I am getting, like, jittery. I Famished. have to get out, and I'm like, Famished. I need to go, not pee, oh. but like, <laughs> I need to get out of the car. Yeah. But. All right. I kept this one under half an hour. Yay. I was going to tackle more of the definition, but I just left it there for this time. Also, we need to come up with intro music. Yeah, I'm thinking about having um, one of our friends who plays guitar just write something. That way we don't have to deal with copyright stuff anymore. Just pay him oh. to write something. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that would be kind of fun. Because he's really good at writing music and singing music well, and playing guitar. Well, it doesn't have to be a song. It can just be no, like yeah. a little thingy. riff. A little lick. Not like a, a lick? Not like a lick. <laughs> but like, you know, you play a lick on the guitar. It just comes up and like licks all over our mic. <laughs> it goes up. That's so disgusting. Stop. People probably hate that sound. Oh, yeah. I hope you're not wearing earbuds. <laughs> Rip headphone users. Oh, wow. Oh. So sorry. I better end it. It's okay. now yes. late enough at night that I need to end it. All right. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this was helpful and not just all goofing around. Hopefully you can't hear too bad the people like running working around. out above us or something. Yeah. Throwing two by fours around. Yeah. It actually wasn't too bad tonight. Okay. We'll catch all you right. on the next one, guys.